Assassin Pat. These are the voyages of the starship USS Gambling Tarantula, our ongoing mission to explore new Trek episodes, both cringe and based, and to boldly go to show the bonsai to Kakor! So they trick the podcast is here. One happy game, one half queer. 100% communist. Unless we have a less leftist guest like Patrick and Britain Talking, joking, fighting, shitting All about Star Trek Like our buttholes, the show is wrecked Soy Trek, the podcast is here So listen to Soy Trek right in your ears Well, you got a got a turntable scratch on there. I bet you're wondering how we got here. I just bought a soundboard. Oh shit! We got a so I don't I we got depression. Yeah. <laughs> we got to up our medication. <laughs> We unmedicated up in this motherfucker. No, I'm actually very well medicated. Uh, I don't. I feel like I've been vocal about it on this podcast. Before. You have. I have. Well, I got a good cocktail going that makes me feel all right. And it's called Diet Pepsi. It's called Diet Pepsi and cocaine. Yeah, yeah. You see, you see the macho man here. Yeah, he's he's feeling good. He's feeling all right. Yeah. Hurt thou, bored? Oh, snap into a slim jim. <coughs> <laughs> you okay? His doing his voice makes you real phlegmy. It's it difficult. Does. That's why I try to do it a Ooh, little the whispier. Cream of the yeah. Ooh, the cream of the crop. You gotta get on top like the big man. Yeah. Ooh, listen to me, Lady Jessica. Was Lady Elizabeth. Girl? Elizabeth. Ooh. Lady Elizabeth. Lady Elizabeth. Uh, I was thinking. Yeah. Of, I was thinking of Dune for some reason. You want to go with the Hulkster, but he's a bad man. <laughs> he's a bad man, brother. Ooh, what you gonna do when Uncle Mania runs over you? Wait, I'm, I mean, uh, Mania. Uh, uh, damn it. Well, what's my branding again? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember my branding. I have too many CTEs. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Vince McMahon. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah. Uh, that reminds me, I don't know if you saw, like, because, like, Bill Maher was in the news again because he was sca- he, he was going to scab. Oh, yeah, he was going to scab. And I thought I, 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 I thought you were going to say he was going to scat, and I got really excited. <laughs> I don't know why I, like, actually want to hear Bill Maher scat, but I do want to hear him scat. I think it would be horrible because he has zero talent. Yeah, that's true. Like, he literally is not funny. He d- his role is technically comedian. Uh-huh. Unfunniest motherfucker in the I, world. I, I found him hilarious when I was 14 years old and watched Religious in the oh, theater. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, he would goddamn, 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 all the answers. This guy's a fucking genius. And then, like, oh no, he's just, like, a fucking asshole. Yeah, he's a huge fucking asshole. <laughs> but, uh, he was just the first one to, like, be an asshole to religious people yeah. on camera, and, like, that was revolutionary at the time. Now it's just like, oh yeah, he's just stacked status quo warrior yeah but people making fun of him were sharing some of the best things that have ever happened on his show 
and one was where he was getting uh, cussed out by Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh, that rocks. And we love Rowdy Roddy. Because Rowdy Roddy Piper, I mean, not uh, Bill Maher was too Rowdy Roddy, because like Slat, um, Sting was there, oh, yeah. um, Rowdy Roddy Piper, mm-hmm. and Sting was actually being very like, you know. Uh, very civil. Very he's, civil. He's, he's, a, he's, he's like a reformed Christian guy, and he, he's yeah. actually supposed to be like the nicest, quietest guy. Yeah, he was, he was like, he like completely different from his state, from his stage persona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Roddy Piper, though, was fucking killing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, because Bill Maher was like saying, like, come on, you guys, you, everything you do is fake. No, and- it's not fake. It's fixed, <laughs> it's but fixed. that shit's not fake. Like, <laughs> I fucking destroyed my back res- uh, yeah. training for wrestling and, like, in a way that made it so, like, it was just a simple rope bump off the second rope and mm-hmm. it fucking wrecked my lower back so bad it was difficult to work for like three months yeah yeah it was it's 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 insanely physical yeah it like those 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 the 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 hits you're taking Mm -hmm. and the falls you're taking it's not a fucking mat you're falling on unless (laughs) it's the outside of the ring like the ring itself is canvas over wood yeah there's wood boards and they're on like slight springs to help cushion the fall Mm. and so things don't like so yeah it, it cushions the fall Slightly. It absor- absorbs some it absorbs, of the impact. Yeah, it absorbs impact. It doesn't cushion the fall. No. You're falling on fucking wood. Yeah. And the, he was saying the shit to uh, Roddy Piper's face, and Roddy Piper was just like, he, he Roddy Piper took down off his pants and showed him like a massive bruise, and yeah. it's just like, see, this wrist hasn't been healed in seven fucking years. And yeah. like, and he was just like, he just fucking owned him, and it was, yeah. it was fantastic. And he was just. Bill Maher could just stand there speechless because he can't do anything. This is a like, little little baby, yeah, baby just, brain little yeah, boy. Yeah, like they all fucking take hits. They all get hurt. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah, they're not. It's not like they're you're jumping on a trampoline, or, right? Or, or, it's or like, a bed. And it's not like you can like legitimately bet on wrestling. I guess you can now with the internet, but at yeah. the time, like yeah. there's no one betting on wrestling because this is common knowledge to people. Yeah, and that's, that's not why they watch wrestling. They yeah. don't watch wrestling for the pure competition of it. They watch the, it to see how it's going to go, and they're and the insane physicality of people because yeah. they're still doing crazy like, shit. They're doing crazy, crazy shit. shit that yeah. like, and a lot of the times they do get injured and break bones and shit because they're doing crazy shit. Yeah, I've I think watched, China had like um, a um, a fracture in her mm-hmm. skull repaired with super glue. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I watched a fucking. Uh, Guy's arm snap in half on uh, AEW. It was uh, Penta uh, Penta Junior. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was in a match and like on live TV, his arm just like snapped, Ugh. and it's fucking ugly to see. But it happens because yeah. they're doing crazy shit. Yeah, yeah. like I think there, you can find the uh, clip of CM Punk shitting his pants. <laughs> on, well, that, that's because he's a baby. That's because he's a baby. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, I, I hate I hate to alienate any listeners who like CM Punk. Oh, but, you don't uh, like CM Punk? I mean, he's a good wrestler, but but um, uh, Phil he, the, he loves Pepsi. He does love Pepsi, uh, but he loves <laughs> Pepsi, not Diet Pepsi. There's uh, a difference, my true. friend. Yeah. Um, but no, fucking Pepsi Phil is a big baby. Mm. Yeah. Uh, he's just, I, I don't know. He's like, he, he doesn't work well with anyone he's worked with. He's the guy I- at work that like thinks everyone else is the problem. Oh yeah. Yeah. But and it's like, he's, it's, he's a good performer and mm-hmm. he's good at what he does and he's a good talker, a really good talker. Yeah. Um, but like he creates such a toxic environment around him because he thinks he's a fucking straight edge guy. 
Yeah. And he acts like straight, a straight edge straight guy. Straight edge guys can be some of the worst people. And he is one of them. <laughs> he is one of those people. Which, yeah. like, you know, I'm, I am I don't drink anymore and stuff like that. And I have certain standards <laughs> for my life and things. But I don't think so. you consider yourself to be a straight edge guy. No, not at all. <laughs> like, I mean, I just smoked a fat bong right <laughs> before I came over her. Fat bong rip. Yeah, this, 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 uh, half of this podcast runs on weed. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, and plus, like, a part of, like, the culture is also just like beating up anyone that does, you know, yeah. and just like so. Yeah, I mean, they they used to I, they used to have like uh, root beer keggers when I was a kid. That's that's cool. I mean, yeah. if they're just doing that, having fun with themselves, yeah, that's fine. Trying to evangelize that shit sucks. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, what do we get into today? Um. Lower Deck Season 4, Episode 4, Something Borrowed, Something Green. Indeed. Fun little fun little clever title when yeah, it gets like into the episode there. Uh, yeah, this is the fourth episode of the fourth season. Uh, aired on, uh, when was it today? September 21st, 2023. Ten days from September 11th. <laughs> we will always remember. We will always remember. Quick story. Um, mm. I The place I got my hair cut uh before the wedding in in um in Rhode Island. Did you go and get a place in Rhode Island? Yeah, it was cut? it was it was a place in Rhode Island. It was like in this like uh kind of like this this building along a strip. Mm-hmm. It was a nice little quaint strip and um this place is owned by two Italian brothers who inherited <laughs> it from their father. Mm. And uh they're the only two guys that work there and they work there like 6 days a week just cutting hair doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I walked in and sat down, I just looked up and there's this this framed picture it's got to be maybe one foot by like five feet it's like really long but like kind of short and it's just the skyline of new york with the twin towers in the middle and it says september 11th 2001 we will always remember oh are they brothers from new york or they live in no no they've lived in rhode island their entire (laughs) life (laughs) that's awesome they inherited the place from their father who like operated it in the 70s wow so uh they will always remember, though. <laughs> did it, they did a good job on your hair. They did a great job on my hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah you always got to trust those Italian brothers. Yeah, and uh, I got the definite impression that like the one cutting my hair was like probably like Republican or something because uh, I was talking about my brother and like what he mm-hmm. does because he was like getting a haircut right next to me and talking mm-hmm. about the marriage and like that he's like a criminal justice researcher and he's like, oh, that's interesting. I'm like, yeah, I used to be a corrections officer. Decided that wasn't for him. And he's like, oh yeah, I don't know if I'd ever want to do corrections. If I was in uh, that line of work, I'd want to be a cop. And Oof. I'm just like, who? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, jeez. Oh, oh, no. Oh, daddy. Oh, daddy. Oh, daddy. Oh, that's a spicy meatball. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, not great. Uh, but 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 good job on my hair. There were uh, no psychic it was, barber. It was, it was also like a twenty five dollar haircut before wow. tip, which is great. Great. Mm. Um, that's a very reasonable haircut. Oh really? I haven't gotten my hair cut professionally in a long time. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I do this myself. <laughs> really? Yeah, I bet you can't guess. Very very surprising. Fact. <laughs> what what do, what do you use the uh, the one blade? Uh, the three. The three. I, uh, every week I just take the three blade and I go over my head and yeah. I, I've I've had uh, actually I think when we first started working together I was kind of in that phase of my life where you I was were. just yeah, yeah yeah doing that doing the old probably three or four every every other day or so mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> easier to maintain. I w- did, was having long hair for a while. 
and then yeah. I realized I looked really gross. Yeah. <laughs> so I was That's like, it's like you know what? I'm going to just keep it short. Yeah. And you are you gonna? Looks like you've grown a full mustache here, and you're just kind of shaped. You, yeah. Are you a mustache man now? So yeah, what's going thinking on? Thinking about it. Thinking about it. Yeah. it. Looks like you've you've pretty much eased into it. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know if it's so much a thought anymore. Is you pretty much have a mustache? It's just depending <laughs> on if you shave the beard or not. Yeah. That I, really I, comes I, I did, through. I did this at a one. The rest at a one. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So you are you are intentionally doing this. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, you're gonna, you're gonna. Looks like you might be growing it down. You're gonna go for like the Hulkster. Uh, I think I'll call it a Lemmy. A Lemmy. Yeah. I think it's more of a Hulkster on you. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. Just, uh, just saying, brother. Just saying, brother. That works for me, brother. <laughs> uh, this Hulkster's going to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that song rocks. It does. Um. So because like, I, I love it, like he's just like. Positing what the world would be without Hulk Hogan in it. He's yeah. just like he's just like it's like he, it's like he's like he's like depressed about his own death. And how, I think and we how all sad, would be how sad everyone else would be if he died. I mean, especially if he died in the eighties, he would have gone out on top. He would have he been a legend. Have. He really should have. Like he should have died right before they filmed Suburban Commando. He, and before like his his ill-fated Hulk Hogan reality show where mm. like um you know his wife his son and his daughter have all just become like the worst garbage people in the world yeah i mean you know he's kind of a big garbage person as yeah. well so like him he should have died in the 80s at, at the peak of his popularity mm-hmm. rudy giuliani should have died directly after 911 he should have died in 911 <laughs> he, died he would have gone out as the america's mayor forever <laughs> well i think i think you know cuz like you know there was like after 911 yeah he did, he did a speech or two yeah he, he did just like a couple of those speeches and then just dropped dead Mm-hmm. He would. He would. There would be like a statue of him in the place of no. Straight up, <laughs> th- like the World Trade Center would be Rudy Giuliani shaped. Yeah, like, it would, yeah, yeah, it would just be the be Statue the, of Liberty, but Rudy Giuliani <laughs> yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, he's like enjoy, he's now suffered like the worst death imaginable. Just like the worst public death. The worst uh, public death. Like he is. That. He is like the the scum of the earth, mm-hmm. and and. No one, no one gives a shit about him. They would spit on him if they saw him dead in the street. And it's like, yeah, Hulk Hogan died in the eighties. Rudy Giuliani shortly after nine eleven. Yeah, more people should die more often. <laughs> yeah, it's going out while you're on top. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like you know, just kind of like you know George Costanza. He every time he made like the funny joke, he would mm. just leave. Yeah, that's and, a great idea. And it's just like you know, he never never has to suffer like through the like you know making a less funny joke and then. You know, it's a great idea. Yeah. Honestly, that's how you should live your life. Like, go yeah. out on the, the funny joke. Go out on the funny joke. So. Go out at the top of your popularity. <laughs> yeah. So this is the last episode of Soy <laughs> Trip. <laughs> Brid, what's with the gun? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's for the both of us, Patrick. <laughs> you first. <sighs> Fine. <laughs> Again. Again. Didn't we do this last time? <laughs> All right. Anyway, so uh, this is um, the 34th episode overall of Lower Decks. It's written by Grace Perajani, who has uh, written a couple other episodes, and directed <coughs> by Bob Suarez, who has directed a couple other episodes of <clears throat> Lower Decks. Lower Decks. So let's dump right in. What do you What do you got going on there? Oh, some in, uh, um, Simpsons episodes started playing on my phone for some reason. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
So we open on some Orions who supply pirate ships sorting out some treasure. They talk about the difference between pirating and plagiarism before a red alert sounds. Uh, and th- this this scene was kind of fun. It was like yeah. o- Orion lower deckers, mm-hmm. uh, but it was following the same pattern as yeah. one of these scenes that we've had twice uh, earlier <laughs> in this uh, this season yeah, in episodes had, one and two. Yeah, we had Klingons, Romulans, and now Orions. Yeah, now Orions. So the Orions have come upon the mysterious one man vessel from the first couple episodes of the season. Uh, that took out Klingon and Romulan ships, as you said. Mm -hmm. Uh, The ship turns around and destroys them predictably. Opening credits, two minutes and ten seconds. Mm -hmm. Cool. Uh, On the Cerritos, Tendi has finished cataloging the diseases blocked by the transporter's biofilter, along with Mariner and Talin, uh, (coughs) when Captain Freeman enters the room and tells her she's been given immediate leave to visit her family on Orion as her sister's getting married. Tendi's uncomfortable and tries to decline the leave, but Freeman tells her that Starfleet is trying to show the Orion Syndicate some goodwill following the recent disappearance of an Orion ship. Following this revelation, Tendi accepts the leave. As Freeman leaves, Mariner notices Tendi's discomfort and asks if she's okay. Tendi replies that it has been a long time since she's visited her family and uh, she's nervous about taking part in the marriage ceremony. Eager for a chance to document Orion culture uh, for the High Vulcan Counselor, Talin asks to accompany Tendi to Orion, though Tendi is uncomfortable with the idea. And uh, I I like how Talin just kind of works her way into stuff here. Mm -hmm. And she's been like a a pretty big part of the last like three episodes. Yeah. Uh, So I kind of feel like they're they're making her (laughs) part of that, the the four, they're expanding to five perhaps. Maybe. Or, my theory, she's going to die at the end of this season. Uh, I don't want her to die. Yeah, I know. But but they might kill her. They might kill her. She might die. Because so far we've seen <laughs> that death is a big part of this season. All the lower deckers have been getting killed on their ships. So it tracks... Yeah, that that does the the tracks. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so Tendi's not thrilled about this idea. Mariner also says that she needs a break from Boimler and Rutherford, as the two have become overbearing since becoming roommates. Unable to get them out of it, Tendi reluctantly allows Mariner and Lynn to go with her to Orion. Next, we go to Rutherford and Boimler in their new quarters together, uh, putting out a new bedspread of Andorian linen. Uh, the do bond over several activities, and Rutherford asks if Boimler is being kept up at night when Rutherford shifts while he dreams, though Boimler finds it relaxing. Yeah. Which is cute. It is very cute. It and I was cute. wondering why they have bunk beds and their room is so huge. That's a good question. They have so much room to do stuff, but <laughs> for some reason they have bunk beds built into the wall. <laughs> yeah. Built yeah. For two for two twenty something year old men to mm-hmm. be just like living in bunk beds. That's pretty hot. <laughs> very hot. That, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, roommate, I'm stuck in my bunk bed. <laughs> what are you doing? It just it, do it harder. Do it harder. Do it harder. But yeah, I was just like, that's. I was like thinking, like you could literally put like two mattresses on opposite sides of this room, and they yeah. would have like 
it would have like a good 20 feet between them <laughs> yeah it would yeah it was it was, inter- it was it's an interesting choice very interesting choice but i guess they need room for their bonsai yeah so uh <laughs> the two are happy they become roommates and after they cheer together they both move to water their bonsai plant mm-hmm. uh is they're both about to water the plant uh both believe to be more capable over the other for the task and they start arguing over who will in fact water the bonsai mm-hmm. which uh we've all had that kind of situation right yeah. i don't understand why they just have two bonsai that's a great question how is it their bonsai together <laughs> yeah. and, and they've seemed to have worked this out before if it's their bonsai yeah i mean maybe maybe they're like true communists and they're like no this is collective property now mm. Like maybe they're, they're it, it belonged to one of them before, and now that they live in the same room, it becomes both of theirs. Yeah, they're roommate communists. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I just was like, oh, you could both, you could like, suppose you could just replicate another bonsai. That's a great to. point. I mean, <laughs> but the, the point of a bonsai is like caring for it yeah. and like making it, you know, special and grow the way you want. Have you ever been to the bonsai garden? Uh, That's uh, off no. of five. I have not. That sounds pretty fun. It it is fun. Like they have like a hundred year old bonsai. No shit, that rocks. Yeah, like they're all it's all it's all outside, and you can take tours of like, and it shows what year they were started, and gives a little history on each one. They that rules. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Like uh, it's uh, by the Rahadahedron, Rahadahedron, Rahorjahin. It's like by that garden where you can see plants. Okay, I don't know. It's fun. It's fun. You can buy plants there if you want to. That sounds fun. Yeah. Maybe I'll go there sometime. So, Mariner, Tendi, and Talin arrive at Orion aboard a shuttlecraft, and Mariner is taken aback by the fact that Tendi's family lives in a castle. (laughs) Uh, Tendi tries to downplay it uh, and says that they're only, like, the fifth biggest uh, syndicate family uh, before they are confronted by armed guards. I do like how Talin's, like, taking, like, the wrong, like, information down. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like, hmm, like... Uh, Orions are uh, uh, live in opulence, but downplay it or something. It's <laughs> yeah. like it's like she's like extrapolating the like uh, Tendi's behavior to all of Orions. You know? Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is is kind of fun and like yeah. uh, it seems like a thing Vulcans would do. Yeah. I guess you know make like a lot of <laughs> cultural infru- uh, inferences mm-hmm. from like small acts, but kind of not wrong. Yeah, kind of not wrong. So. Mariner initially moves to defend Tendi and Talin, and the guards suddenly kneel before Tendi, before offering to take her bags. Mariner, Tendi, and Talin are carried by the guards on a large platform that is carried by other male Orions, and they're they're all jacked. Yeah, well, I guess you would be if you just had to carry people all day. I know, right? That that, that <laughs> seems like it's a great core strength workout, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I should start doing that. Carrying people. Yeah, I'll just go up to people in the street and be like, "Can I carry you for a while?" Honestly, like, uh, I I fucking I gave someone a piggyback ride for a couple blocks, mm-hmm. uh, and they were only like 150 pounds. But like doing that, and I was like walking really fast, like doing that. Like the next day, it had felt like I had done like a hundred pull-ups <laughs> the day before. That's like how much of a body workout it gave mm-hmm. me. It was pretty heavy. All right, and I'm just uh, tomorrow. I'm just gonna go up to random strangers, be like, "You going somewhere? Here, I'll give you a lift." Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got a car? And like, no. And I just pick them up and start walking. I'm a I'm a pedicab. I'm a pedicab. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, uh, they're carried to where Tendi's parents are, and after greeting Devana, they're introduced as the Warrior Queen, 
Shonda Tendy and Bert Tendy, <laughs> which I, I really like. Bert. I do. I yeah. I love. I love a lot of the names in this. Mm. Like just, just obviously he was either Bart or Bort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you no, know, it's great. Yeah. So uh, Bert tells um, uh, Tendy that her sister De Erica has been kidnapped. And Tendi's her last name, so that makes it confusing. Yeah, yeah. Devana is her mm-hmm. first name. Devana is her first name, but we're just going to call her Tendi. Yeah, Tendi. And then her sister is going to be De Erica. De Erica. Yeah, just to make it easy. So as Orion brides are often kidnapped as a rite of passage, Devana is not surprised by this, saying that they will likely hear from a rival family soon. And I, I, I kind of like how this is like fleshing out the orion culture yeah because like orions we just usually see them as just like there's the orion slave women and then yeah. there's orion pirates yeah and we typically and we've been getting even across all of the um all of the different like uh tracks you know and mm-hmm. like uh you know we uh, one of the last you know this the strange new worlds crossover episode i Oh, the crossover episode. Yeah. Um, they had that had Orions in it. Remember yeah, that? yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, it did briefly. And uh, and also there were uh, Orions in that episode of Strange New Worlds, but they were just pirates. Yes, yeah, <laughs> they were the, just pirates. They were just like fucking like Curse of the Black Pearl type pirates. And then fucking. in Enterprise, we had Big Show playing a um, uh, Orion. Mm. You're right. And, and he, he, got, he, he got, held up uh, uh, to pull. To pull, yeah. Yeah, he held her up, and she just like sat there like. Just like wasn't uh, he like arms. auctioning her off or yeah, something? Yeah, he was a slaver, and he he just held her up, and she just did spaghetti arms, and just it was so funny. Yeah, and that, that and are they still practicing slavery? Is that what's going on? I think they might be. Yeah, yeah I, I I mean, where do you get people to like carry your your fucking platform? That's true, but yeah. they're not they're not yeah they're not doing any sort of slavery of other species. I guess mm-hmm. I guess maybe like the Federation is fine with them enslaving their own. Yeah, still it's very very sketch. Yeah. So Tendi's mom is unconvinced, as such a kidnapping would normally happen much earlier in the marriage process. She tells Tendi that as the prime daughter, it's up to her to get De Erica back. Um, Tendi is annoyed that uh, she was only brought to get her sister back, as opposed to participating in the wedding, but relents uh, that she will find De Erica. Her mom thanks her before she and Bert are carried off to have an oil bath. <laughs> Which I liked the idea of an oil bath. Yeah, sounds fun. Yeah, it sounds sloppy. Sounds very sloppy. It sounds like a lube bath. Sounds you know like someone's going to get their pores clogged. Oh, yeah. Sounds, <laughs> sounds like someone's going to have a very uncomfortable shower tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And bad sheets. And it's going to ruin your pipes. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's going to... It's going to be like pouring cooking oil down your yeah. sink. Yeah, your shower is just going to start overflowing. <laughs> like, damn it! <laughs> I should have used water-based lube. Water-based oil? <laughs> water-based oil lube. Yeah. So, <laughs> water-based oil, yeah. <laughs> uh, that stuff. Uh, so, back on Cerritos, Boimler and Rutherford are arguing over who will water the bonsai when Boimler gets a notification that they have time reserved in the holodeck. They agree to go enjoy some time together and hopefully smooth things over. Uh, and this this is a, a, an amazing scene. I uh, love this I, scene. I really enjoyed the scene, what they did with it. So on the holodeck, they both enter a simulated <laughs> riverboat, both dressed as Mark Twain. Once I saw the riverboat, I think I cackled because I thought uh, it was like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like just them just like 
going on a riverboat. It's, 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 it's very TNG. It's yes. very silly and dumb. Yeah. And I, I liked that. Um, so both of them are speaking in like exaggerated Mark Twain accents. <laughs> and they begin to. Yo, that dog don't hunt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the two argue over who uh, was agreed upon to dress as Twain originally. And uh, this very much was um, very reminiscent of our, our Cajun, Cajun guys. I think yeah. someone is listening. Oh. Yeah. Leatherhead. Leatherhead. Oh, Leatherhead now. I was actually doing the Leatherhead voice to myself while working today. Yeah, I bet you were. <laughs> I do. I talk to myself. Like, got to drop a dime there. Dropping that dime. Oh, oh, it's old Leatherhead. He back again. <laughs> yeah. So, on Orion, Tendi is leading Mariner and Talyn to a bar called Slit Throat to get some information. I love that bar name. Yeah. Sick as hell. Uh, Tendi orders the bouncer to let them in. He initially refuses before recognizing Tendi as the mistress of the Winter Constellations, which, that's a professional dom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he begs for mercy and allows them in without issue because she's a professional... Professional Dom. Dom, yeah. Professional Dom. Inside, Tendi is looked upon with awe by the other patrons, though she is visibly uncomfortable with her reputation. Mm -hmm. The bartender pours them some free drinks uh, when suddenly a knife is thrown in Tendi's direction. Uh, she manages to dodge the knife, and the blade strikes Mariner in the shoulder, <laughs> who uh, shakes it off and says she's fine with it. Yeah, I like how there's a collection fun. jar for thrown knives. Yeah. yeah. She's just like, oh, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in Orion, Madam G... Madame G, mm. you know, professional dom. And this is and this is Madame G's spot. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, she steps forward, and Tendi asks for information on De Erica, her sister. <laughs> Madame G tells her that she's heard rumors, but that Tendi must earn them, challenging her to a drinking game. Tendi doesn't want to participate, but eventually she relents, and an alien bug is brought forth to the table and released. As the bug approaches Madame G and Tendi, they take turns drinking a shot, which activates a force field around their hand, protecting them from being bitten by the insect. As they play, Madame G informs Tendi that she heard that an Orion named Naal, uh, wait, Niall, uh, who was uh, her sister's ex, was still in love with her. Knowing that bridal kidnappings are usually just for show, Tendi believes that if Niall did kidnap her, it would be more serious than she thought. As they leave, Madame G invites Tendi out for brunch. Tendi declines. <laughs> I'd, I'd go out to brunch with her. She sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. She she looks fun. Anyone who does a, uh, a, a drinking game that, like, could result in, like, pain or death, mm -hmm. pr pretty fun. Yeah, it'd be fun to check out Madame G's uh, brunch spot. I bet Madame G <laughs> gives a crazy blowjob. <laughs> I bet she eats pussy like a champ, too. Probably. Probably. Definitely. <laughs> I know how cartoons do sloppy, baby. <laughs> and she do it real good, baby. She's not bad. She's just strong that way. I didn't understand that at all. Oh, she's not bad. She's just drawn that way. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Is that Cool World? No, yeah, that cool was world. was that Cool World yeah. or was that? I thought that was uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. No, I think it's Cool World. Is it Cool World? Yeah, that's a movie. Yeah, it is a bad movie. You ever seen Evil Tunes? <laughs> uh, that's the one. I I, saw, I think I saw the Red Letter Media review of it, where it's just like 
just like they put in like a weird monster and it's just like yeah. women taking their tops off pretty much yeah it's pretty i cool. saw the red letter media review of it <laughs> pretty pretty good stuff so yeah. uh after arguing on the holodeck both boimler and rutherford um still speaking in their twain accents arrive to a compromise where they both uh show each other to be dressed as Mark Twain, uh, both finding it strange while dressed as him, they're easily able to find common ground, mm -hmm. which I totally understand. Yeah. If, if you're doing like the same silly accent as someone else, it's easy to like have fun and, and be friends. Yeah, and, and, and they're doing the voice of a cordial southern gentleman. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like you take on those qualities of the exactly. cordial they're, southern they're, gentleman. Exactly. They're doing a cosplay of him, and so mm -hmm. they're going to try to be more like him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is why I think we should all cosplay Bill Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would have the opposite effect. <laughs> um, and everyone ends up in jail. Bill Cosplay. <laughs> Bill Cosplay. <laughs> That's the most dangerous um, Twitter handle you could probably have. <laughs> probably. Like, Bill, this, Bill it, Bill the, the forbidden, the forbidden Twitter handle. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, they both agree that Boimler will water the bonsai plant on odd-numbered days, while Rutherford will water it on even-numbered days. As they come to the conclusion, Commander Jack Ransom summons them to the bridge, and they leave the holodeck. On Orion, Mariner, Tendi, and Talin enter a pheromone dungeon filled with Orion <laughs> dancers, male and female, mm -hmm. which Mariner calls a hump dungeon and says they have one in New Seattle. <laughs> yeah. And yes, they do. Yes, they do. And they most certainly have several hump dungeons. One of them, several of them are cool. One of them is weird. Is that Club Z? That's weird. Yeah, that's you weird always, one. You always see the weird, like... Like fifty-five-year-old like twinks who are wearing like a Canadian tuxedo that looks like it's never been washed. <laughs> they all hang outside there, and I'm like, mm. and that's also the most downtown one. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's downtown Leroy Brown. <laughs> downtown Leroy Brown. You don't want to go up in there. <laughs> I mean, unless you're looking for like uh, a, a dude with like a mustache bigger than yours to suck your dick. <laughs> <laughs> What's that face you just gave me, Pat? I was like, what? My mustache? <laughs> Our mustache. Our mustache. Uh, so, uh, Talin notes that the males in particular are experimenting a chemical manipulation, likely through pheromones, and uh, Tendi is discomforted about it. Tendi then spots Niall dancing in a cage, and upon seeing her, he tries to run away, only to be caught by her. It is really funny that they're just like guys addicted to stink. Yeah. So like they're sniffing armpits and oh, just yeah. like, oh yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, that's not outside the realm of reality. No, it isn't. <laughs> no, though there's some people who are like really into musk and like they're like, let, yeah. me, let me lick your pits. <laughs> I'm like, man, get off grinder, dog. That is one meme I've wanted to make where it's just like, you know, that's like that meme where Henry, Ca you, someone's asking Henry Cavill like a question like, mm -hmm. you know, like, um, you know, like giving him two options and he says oh, some, yeah. thir op some third option, you yeah. know, I always wanted to have like, Tit, uh, tits or ass and he's just like armpits <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't let your memes be dreams brother you I know I keep meaning to but I always forget yeah um so uh 
uh, what's that guy's name? Nial uh, tells Tendi that he doesn't know anything as he spends his time indulging in pheromones. So he's he's addicted to the stink too. He addicted to that stink. He's addicted to that stanky thing. He's, a, do, he's doing that stanky leg. So an Orion named Ingrita asks Tendi why she's attacking Nial and invites her to have a drink and get lascivious. 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 Tendi declines and Ingrita reminisces about her past, how Tendi used to control males easily, even without pheromones. Talin asks if pheromonal Orions are naturally manipulative, which offends Ingrita. She throws a knife at Talin, which she dodges, uh, only for the knife to hit Mariner in the shoulder yet once again. Uh, and she just shakes it off once again, and it's mm-hmm. pretty fun. Uh, she orders her guards to attack them, but Tendi sprays a compound mist at the three attackers, and the mist frees them from the control of the pheromones. Mm-hmm. A lot of mist in this episode. A lot of mist. A lot of mist. There's mist in the A plot, mist in the B plot. It's a, it's a misty episode. Yeah. When Tendi threatens to disperse the entire compound in the dungeon, Ingrita tells Nial to cooperate with Tendi. Nial admits that since Erica got engaged, his life became a mess. But all he did was get addicted to pheromones and occasionally follow Erica from a distance, saying he uh, saw her ship at a graveyard, or at a ship graveyard. Uh, Tendi thanks him and advises that he should go home after Tendi leaves and Greta belittles him and has him lick her foot. And <laughs> that, the, that's when I knew this was just a thinly veiled fetish written episode. So uh, whoever, whoever wrote this one... Someone clearly got my script. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they plagiarized it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they better give you your money, dog. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. You yeah. know, I, I just often, you know, it, it just it. Part of it is, you know, you have to get sto- like you get stolen from, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's good to be stolen from from the, by the best. Right. Right. Yeah. Are they the best? <laughs> this isn't DS Nine. Yeah, there. I'll take it. I'll yeah, take it. Yeah, you'll take it. So. Yeah. Back on the Cerritos, Boimler and Rutherford arrive on the bridge to see Freeman in a heated argument with a Chalnoth named Kakor, who, uh, over the presence of the Cerritos, scanning an oscillating nebula. Kakor refuses Freeman's claim, saying that their scanning will interfere with their data ga- gathering. Freeman offers to share the data they compile, but Kakor says that they don't trust Starfleet data. It's too nuanced and thorough or something. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was pretty good. <laughs> Uh, Freeman warns that if they can't arrive at an agreement, the nebula will phase out of reality and no one will be able to scan it, and Kakor is still unmoved. Desperate for a way to find common ground, Boimler says he and Rutherford have an idea. <laughs> and this was, this was, this is pretty fun. So they bring Kakor to the holodeck, dresses Mark Twain, and uh, Boimler encourages Freeman to talk to Kakor in a southern accent about a compromise. But the idea ends in failure as Kakor grows frustrated and begins to rampage, saying that he is doing a southern accent when they <laughs> accuse him of not doing a southern accent. He's, do- he's doing, like, the southern accent on his own planet. Yeah. It's like, I am from South Colnoth. I'm doing the South. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am doing a southern accent. And this this was another. I, I, I really enjoyed the B-plot to this episode. Yeah, same. It was, it was very well done, like, holodeck humor. Yeah. I, and just and yeah, Kakor just wearing the very absurd Mark Twain outfit, yeah. like just a great visual gag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, no, I I loved it. Like typically, sometimes like the B plots kind of kind of weak, 
on yeah. some, especially in this season so far. Yeah, the you're B right. plot was is kind of like, and I feel like this episode was hitting on all cylinders for me. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So Freeman angrily asks Boimler and Rutherford why they thought this idea would work, and they admit they didn't know, uh, and that since it helped them find common ground over their bonsai, they thought it might work here. When he hears this, Kakor asks what a bonsai is. <laughs> Back on Orion, Tendi leads Mariner and Talin to a wrecked, abandoned ship. Tendi reminisces um, that she and Erica would often sneak away from home as children and come to this location, and she would often imagine a life outside piracy, which made her think of Starfleet. Uh, she then confesses that her true upbringing uh, is an assassin, saying she hates how Mariner and Talin uh, had to see her real self. Uh, and they are like, we already knew. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, and they say that they uh, will, like, back her no matter what because they know who she is inside. And Tendi embraces them, thanking them before telling them that this ship is where she told Erica that she was going to join Starfleet. At that moment, Erica appears, accusing Tendi of abandoning their family. Turns out Erica kidnapped herself in order to get Tendi to show up for the wedding, mm. which is what happened to me uh, this last weekend. <laughs> oh, that's true. That was a kidnapping. Yeah, you had to go save your brother. I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Talin notes that Orion solved problems through violence before Erica throws a knife that ricochets and once again stabs Mariner in the shoulder. <laughs> and this was, this was a, actually a great comedy comes in threes moment. Yeah. Most of the time you can kind of see it like, uh, but you know, it was it was pretty fun. Yeah, especially like Mariner's like, I'm gonna hide behind this. You guys have your knife fight, yeah. and it still ends up in her shoulder. Yeah, it's fun. Um, so Tendi and Erica engage in a sister battle. Back on Cerritos, Boimler and Rutherford show Kokora bonsai, and he thinks it's beautiful, and then eats it, <laughs> and then he drinks all of their mist. He's like, I need mist. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was fun. I like the recurring mist joke in here. I'm, I'm going to guess, like, Kakor is also Fred Tadascore. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that, yeah, he, that, he, that definitely. definitely felt like Yeah, because we didn't have any Shax in this episode, or much in the last episode at all, did we? No, yeah, but Shax was there because Shax starts to fight him at one point when he's freaking out when he's wearing the Mark Twain right, outfit. Right, 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 yeah. But but, Shaq, but doesn't say anything. Yeah, so maybe they just gave him another character there. Yeah. Uh, so Tendi and Erica argue as they fight uh, about family problems, and Erica says Tendi abandoned her for science. Which she abandoned is- me for science. <laughs> <laughs> she abandoned me for science. Science. <laughs> bow bow bow. Um, I love that song. Like unironically, <laughs> it's so weird. It's such a mm-hmm. non-song. Uh, it's it's great. Uh, so Erica gets the upper hand. She gets the high ground, Anakin, and says yeah. all Tendi's life duties fell on her. Tendi apologizes, and Erica says she wanted to take her place, but she's not as good as her. Tendi reassures her that she is, telling her she's meant for this. They have a nice family moment, and Tendi tells her she belongs on the crime throne. <laughs> Which is, uh, I love that line. Yeah. You belong on the crime throne. <laughs> yeah, the crime throne rules. <laughs> Uh, suddenly they realize the wedding is in two hours and they'll never get there in time. But Tendi has an idea and asks who's ready to hotwire a stolen ship. Mm-hmm. You ever hotwired anything? No. Why not? Because I am terrible with technology. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't, you couldn't hotwire something with welding? 
you know, I did, I did, I have repaired broken, broken uh, power cords. I've, 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 I've put them back together. Okay. I guess that's hot wiring. No. 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 <laughs> no, that's like uh, soldering. That's soldering. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no hot wiring. Yeah. Unfortunately. I mean, I guess that's using wire and it is hot. Yeah. You, but it's not, I'm talking about like stealing something. Yeah. Or, I've, I've never done it either. At least not on record. <laughs> yeah, not not with uh, my parents visiting. Yes. Yeah. And possibly admit to crimes on a on a podcast. No, I've done plenty of that. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. I'm I'm sure. I've probably talked about doing a weird drug on here. Oh, but probably. I mean, the the statute of limitations for doing weird drugs is not not super long. No, and no. Uh, I don't think anyone really cares except for our mayor Bruce Harnell over in Seattle. There. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck that guy a lot. Um. So the girls arrive just in time, and Erica is betrothed to her beloved. Later mm -hmm. on, the Cerritos Tendi is showing everybody highlights from the wedding, and Boimler and Rutherford are envious. They then realize they have to talk about their feelings with honesty and make their way to the holodeck to cosplay Amadeus together. Yeah. I would have liked it if they had actual references to the movie Amadeus. That would have been very cool. Like I, like <laughs> if like a Solieri like comes up on both yeah. of them and he's like two of them no. <laughs> or that yeah, start doing like the Amadeus like <laughs> you know, like that would have been excellent. Or they start playing Amadeus by Falco. Oh, oh yeah, on the, on their on their pianos. Oh yeah, that would have been if the, they were like dun 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 It ended with like <laughs> oh, that would have rocked. Oh. Missed opportunities. opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Jinx. Double jinx. I owe you a Pepsi. Yes. <laughs> get one. Go get one. Go there's get a, one yourself. There's like 50 in there. Yeah. There's, there's, there's enough to uh, give me a cancer. <laughs> I don't know which one yet. Guess we'll see. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a toss of the die. Mm-hmm. A toss of the Pepsi. It's more of a flip of the coin. <laughs> yeah. Um, Come on, brain cancer. So that, that's the end of the episode. What do you think? Uh, this is, I think, the strongest episode of this season so definitely, far. Definitely. Definitely. This feels like an episode from last season. Yes, absolutely. Uh, like, I enjoyed every moment of it. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I liked the A plot. I loved the B plot. Mm -hmm. Like, it was, it was, it was, I love, I love Orions. Orions are interesting and they, like, actually fleshed out a world and <clears throat> customs. Because that's the thing I find, like, most interesting about mm -hmm. a lot of the world building in in Star Trek is like mm -hmm. them fleshing out alien cultures and showing how, you know, even like member federations or outlying members of the federation are uh you know, like not a monoculture mm -hmm. and we're, everything's very different. Yeah. You know, we have it's a interesting form of like cultural anthropology. Yes. You know, um yeah, but uh and we got that. We got a lot of that. We got yeah. to know about their marriage ceremonies which mm -hmm. i mean we know a lot about the the betazoids because of their marriage ceremonies mm -hmm. you know yeah we know they like to be naked yeah 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 and there's like the um i feel like the i also feel like the stealing of the of the of the bride is mm -hmm. like it was is a is like a human custom in some culture sounds yeah, familiar i think i think you might be right i can't remember which one but i remember mm -hmm. reading about that how like that's like a a custom in, in one culture where it's like the bride is stolen and 
and like and then like it's a whole thing oh, where probably mormon culture more <laughs> yeah mormon culture yeah. yeah but like yeah there's a whole thing where like the marriage party has to get her back and you know obviously it's like almost staged and yeah it's sounds so kind of fun though yeah it sounds fun but yeah it's like kind of just like a tradition that ex- that got started from a very like if, early if, early time in their history if like you had to do like not an escape room but like a, a treasure hunt or something uh what do they call those um uh fucking um uh, when you have to like go around town and do different tasks and stuff oh yeah you know what i'm talking about yeah i miss doing those those are fun actually yeah. uh can't remember what they're called right now yeah they're a fun thing though yeah yeah we'll think of it later we'll think of it I'll, I'll, I'll record I did one. I did one on a, it, so. I, I did a bike one once in Connecticut. That sounds fun. Oh, yeah. in Connecticut. I was just in Connecticut. You were in Connecticut. Yeah. 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 Where, where were you in Connecticut? Uh, near Yale. Fuck Yale. Yeah. Fuck Yale. No, I'm, that, my 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 sister-in-law works there. <laughs> oh yeah. No. Uh, no yeah. Was, was, so that's Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, no, yeah, the, New Haven, Connecticut. New Haven. Yeah, it was New Haven. Yeah. I okay. Was in, I was. In, I, I spent some time there while I was there. We got oh, nice. we got pizza at Frank de Pepe's. Frank de we're supposed to have like the best pizza in the United States, and it doesn't. No, oh, yeah. it's a good, it's a good pie. It's good for Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I mean, it's it's on a lot of like top lists for like oh. the entire United States for some reason because they have like a clam pie there. Mm. It's actually pretty good, but it's not like revolutionary good. But it's like the best pie on like a lot of top lists, and I'm like, mm. why? I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true at all. That ain't true at all. No. Yeah. Yeah. I was. It was. I did have a good falafel. And I did have a really good coffee. I mean, this is like uh, they, I, I've had two really good cups of coffee in New Haven now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I always think it's funny. Like you know, Seattle gets like coffee, the co- the coffee uh, thing, and I I I have I've had more terrible t- cups of coffee uh-huh. here than anywhere else. So uh, I've had some of the best cups of coffee in my life here. I actually had maybe the best cup of coffee in my life in Rhode Island of all places. Really. A fucking Italian restaurant called Al Forno. Mm. With dessert, I ordered uh, a cup of decaf, of all things, because I no. d- just didn't want to stay up. Yeah. And uh, they gave me the decaf, and it was the creamiest coffee I've ever seen. Mm. They didn't put any cream in it. It was, was it, just it was so oily. Uh, no, it was uh, it was it was like a cup of coffee. Oh wow! It was a cup of like drip, mm. or not not yeah not drip. They either did a pour over, or they just like did. Uh, like just very little water in a French press mm. and it was fantastic oh my god I just put like a little bit of sugar in there drank that whole thing up slurped it up <laughs> slurp it did a slurp to dirt mm. and I want to go get a get a good coffee tomorrow morning hell yeah I should, I should do that for myself give you myself should. a little treat give yourself a treat maybe get a vegan muffin no, yeah, vegan muffin. Vegan muffin, baby. That's the thing. Like, the coffee shop near me doesn't have any vegan pastries. Man, fuck that. I mean, PCC does, but PCC's coffee is kind of mid sometimes. It's, it's pretty mid most of the time. Yeah. yeah. But they do have lots of vegan baked goods. They do. They have some yummy vegan everything there. Yeah. yeah they're, they're pretty good with prepared foods. They are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll take two trips. I'll get the coffee at the good place and then the muffin at the other place. You should get the muffin first and then get the coffee. Oh, true. Yeah. And then eat my vegan muffin at at a table uh-huh. at this coffee place and he'd be like yeah i'd be eating your muffin if you yeah. had some vegan options that's right oh yeah dog <laughs> you gotta shove it in their face they'll yeah. be like no outside food sir and i'll be like i just take the muffin and squish it slowly into their <laughs> <laughs> into their face <laughs> or just like crumple it up in their hands 
<laughs> but don't do that. That's don't actually that. very rude. That yeah, don't don't abuse service people. Don't abuse service people. Be yeah. very respectful. Very respectful. They're yeah. working a hard job for shit money. Yeah. Yeah. Even, but it's good. It's fun to fantasize about squishing a muffin in their face, though. Yeah, I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe if the manager comes over and he's a huge dick. All right, I'll, squ- I'll, I'll squish the muffin in the manager's face. Yeah, be like, yeah. excuse me, can I see a manager and then squish <laughs> it in his face? Shut up. <laughs> mm. Yeah, uh, this episode was good. Uh, I'd probably give it like a, I don't know, eight out of ten, nine out of ten. Yeah, that sounds about fair. Like I, I would watch this one again. Like, I, th- I think I might actually watch it again tomorrow yeah. at some point because, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. Like mm. the Orions, I think are, cause I like how they're kind of elevating them. Like, uh, there's been a lot of episodes that have been elevating them past like just like stock Star Trek villain. I know. Yeah, exactly. And like yeah. one thing I loved so much about like DS9 is it shows that not every culture is a monoculture. Yes. And it like really expands <laughs> on things that used to be either like national or racial mm. tropes. Yeah. Um, and we love to see those things subverted and actually like fleshed out in a yes. way that like, you know, DS9 fleshed out both Klingons <laughs> and Ferengi. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in a way. I think DS9 has, yeah, the best Ferengi and Klingon episodes. Yeah, yeah, and then like Enterprise fleshed out like Andorians with Shran. Yes. Like, oh yeah, Shran. Shran rocks. Yeah, Shran does rock. Great character. I mean, Shran's a bastard. Yeah. Yeah, but, but he's great. I love mm-hmm, him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> love that Jeffrey Combs. We do. We certainly do. Um, yeah, I loved all the the Merd stuff. Loved the holodeck stuff. I yeah. that was the highlight of the episode for me. But I liked the whole episode. Mm-hmm. That just definitely got the most laughs for me. Yeah, it did. And I love, yeah, anyone doing a dumb southern accent. I love the idea of of playing on holodeck stuff, especially the dumb stuff in TNG. Mm-hmm. So they did a lot of dumb stuff in TNG. <laughs> they I mean, did. They, they did in DS9, too. Like, take me out to the holodeck, oh, all the yeah. Vic Montaigne stuff. Yeah, Vic and, Montaigne. I, and I think, like, especially with D, uh, TNG, it's like, I think that just, like, a lot of the... Um, their crappy holodeck episodes stemmed from we got a set mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and just like what can we do with this set yeah and it's just like oh we got an old victorian setting let's <laughs> just have some some campy victorian uh episode mm-hmm. in the holodeck and oh we got we got we got a riverboat yep. <laughs> let's do some mark twain shit yeah you know? just uh Although mark twain was back in time but same, same, same that's same, true same, that's same. true that wasn't a holodeck you're right yeah, you're right same, I that was forgot a, about that same uh same same concept though basically right. with like a uh, time travel and holodeck basically the same thing yeah almost almost <laughs> yeah they actually saw the real mark twain yeah with him. here's here's a question do you think the real uh mozart and the real mark twain would like this episode i think well i think mozart would be driven insane by the things he's seeing yeah, and I'm like you know, it's just like you know, it's like going back in time and showing this to a caveman, and he kills himself. He just rips, yeah, yeah. He just rips his own head off. Right, right, right. <laughs> just like it just, it would, I think it would make them feel nauseous. Yeah, who's like it would wh- just it would be too it would be too fast paced because we we've acclimated to it mm-hmm. over the course of several, of of decades, you know, Very since, since we were born. Yeah, and so we've acclimated to it. Like if you go back in time, yeah, imagine sh- going from like reading books to watching this. Yeah, it would be it would, a, it would be a lot. It would give you psychosis. Mm-hmm. It would it would absolutely drive you insane, and like um, it would make you question the con- your the concept of yourself, the concept of God, the concept of the universe. Like I don't think it's hard to know whether or not Mark Twain or Amadeus would survive. 
that's a good point. Yeah. How do you think Amadeus would kill himself if he saw this? I think he would run out of a of a very high uh, window. Interesting. I think he would just scream and then throw himself out and then f- and then fall against the bricks. How about Twain? Twain? I think he's a hanging guy. Personally, he could be a hanging guy, but I think like I think he guy. would want to make the death like instantly. Like I, like you have to prepare a rope. I think he would probably just take like I think he'd probably just take a salad fork from a, oh. from a plate and just start stabbing himself in the throat. Yeah, yeah, or or <laughs> let 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 himself out like a, a cattle. And yeah, just fucking just stab cut, himself cut in the, the carotid artery. Yeah, stop the stab the carotid artery, mm-hmm. artery and just bleed out and 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 just like spend the final moments in relief that he's now spared watching these images on, right. on a magic and, screen and trying to understand Star Trek lore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like one of us or both of us need to be there explaining Star Trek lore to him as this is playing, and him. then he just loses. It's, his it's, mind. Yeah, it's too much information. It's too much information. <laughs> Imagine like trying to explain this entire episode and every reference they're making live. Yes, it would be no matter how fast you talk, it would be impossible. Yeah, that's the thing. You would you would be going on the on the on one on one part of like the episode, like mm-hmm. either Guinan or Mark Twain or or whatever. It's like, and and I'd be on a completely other thing, and then like he just he just be trying to make sense. He'd have three things att- attacking him from all sides. Yeah, too, too much information. Overload. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He would definitely just take that salad fork and. <laughs> yeah i mean they had much n- sharper knives at dinner tables back then i think you might yeah yeah that's true yeah i miss those days we yeah. need to bring sharp knives back who like they, they keep on serving like things to me with like a butter knife and i'm like this is meat what are you doing <laughs> how am i supposed to cut through this yeah al- although i did have the most tender steak at my brother's wedding that i really? could cut through with a butter knife it was wow. incredible take a spoon Slice oh, it. I bet I could have. <laughs> I bet I could have eaten that like oatmeal, baby. Oh, they, they definitely like took a cow and then whis- whispered a poet some poetry to it. Yeah, only only s- fed it like dreams and oatmeal. Yeah, dreams and oatmeal and like squishmallows. And kissed it on the cheek, mm-hmm. like, slit its throat, and, <laughs> <laughs> and then they and as it's dying, they're massaging it. Yeah, they're like you're the bestest boy. You're gonna be the greatest steak. <laughs> Gave him a little kiss on the cheek. And he's like, "Good night, sweet prince." And he's like, "Man, this is how I want to die, brother. This sounds <laughs> this sounds nice." Get one of those cuddle, cattle hug boxes, <laughs> you know, that they get for like cows to make them feel safe. Oh yeah, those rock. Yeah, get the hug box. I need one of those. Yeah, did you ever watch that movie? It has a uh, I think it's Claire Danes. Oh. Like it's about the woman who invented the hug box. No, that sounds fun. Yeah, she was like this woman, uh, autistic woman, who mm-hmm. um, realized that, um, and she worked with cows, and she realized cows felt safe when they felt when they were hugged. Yeah, and everything does. Yeah, and so she developed that to make cattle feel safe, and then she also developed one for herself because she Aww. also. <laughs> so Aww. what was that? What was that show movie called? It, it was pretty good. That's uh, really sweet. Yeah, I think it was Claire Danes. Hmm. But yeah, it's an interesting movie. But yeah, she has her own little hug box that she made for herself. That sounds fun. <laughs> that sounds very cute. I'll look into that. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for a couple of the world's greatest put-down lines? Yeah, yeah. Let's go for it. All right. I got this book called The You're world's... reading from it before we started, and it just seemed like it was just cruel. Yeah, this is uh, <laughs> written by Butch Fisco. Kid Fisto? Butch Fisco and Patrick Hannafin. Uh, this is from 1994 from Butch Fisco Press, so it's self-published. Wow. Uh, here we go. It has some good cover art, it looks like. Uh-huh, very good. 
Uh, is that your face, or did your neck throw up? <laughs> I've heard that before. <laughs> I think I've said that to somebody. Yeah. Uh, lady, you there's not enough makeup in the world to make you look good. Yeah, that's not even clever. That's mean. It's just mean. Nice teeth. Bet you could eat corn through a fence with those. <laughs> Didn't I see your picture on an abortion pamphlet? Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah, dude, that one's fucked. Um, <clears throat> are you from the Midwest? Okay, I'll speak slower. Nice hair. What is that, Rayon? <laughs> hmm. Okay, one more. If your dick was half as big as your mouth, you would have a date. <laughs> Alright, we've we've done a we've done our required hour. We're good here. Oh nice. Yeah. We 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 we're we're we we got the okay by the judge. Yep. Like the this is a we've served our time. Time <laughs> yeah, served. Time served. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. So thanks for joining us, Soyagers. Yeah. Uh, be well, travel safe, and definitely watch uh, season four, episode four of Lower Decks. Something borrowed, something green. It's really good. It's I very like fun. It. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. We we enjoy it. Yeah. All right. Thanks for checking with the Soy Boys, Girls, and the Weedly Beans. Hang Dong and Shocker. Soy, 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 soy.